Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is August 14th, 2022. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully this finds you at a good time and a good place. As for me, I'm doing pretty good myself. Let's see a little food corner for you. There are some updates. I went out, went, you know, up to Northside, did Northside Hangs. Um, I finally got to uh, touch a PlayStation 5, so that was cool. Uh, my friend, he just got one, so we were just kind of hanging out for the first part of the night. And it's cool. It is cool. It's a lot of money. And I think you still got to, like, kind of go hard for the weight or whatever. But it's definitely cool. Uh, I think the neatest part that I got to see was the controller. I was very, I was very impressed with it, it all like vibrates and like different parts and stuff. I was like, Ooh, this is nice. Very nice. And then plus just the motion sensor. It was pretty cool. I, I kind of geeked out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, food. We wound up going out, doing some drinks. Now let me preface this because I did a little pregame while we were like hanging out, you know, playing video games, stuff like that. And uh, I got this, like, nice little, like, Rheingeist IPA. It was very nice, very good. And, you know, never had it before. And then I also had, um, you know, like, Franz or whatever, their Oktoberfest beer. So, you know, good, good, humming along. Getting a little cross-rated. Then we go out. I um, get, like, a PBR, whatever, you know, chilling, chilling, chilling. Um... I believe I also got a water, so we've, we've injected a little bit of HGO in the equation now. Finally, yes, awesome, good, great. And I'm like, yeah, let's go get food. And we finally were like, yeah, let's get food. So we go to Chameleon. That's my spot, you know. If I'm down in Northside, I got the money, I got the I got the munchies, I want to eat there. And we went, and it was great. I got hot wings, and I think they had, like, some kind of, like, ranch that was, like, kind of nice and fancy. Then I got fries like cajun fries with blue cheese and then i got a slice of pizza so i was eating big i was big eating i'd only eaten like donuts that day like a couple of donuts and so i was like yeah this is my meal for the night let's go and i ate it you know pretty much all of it i think i left a little bit of fries on the table but i was like oh boy we did it then went out some more you know hopped around some more you know whatever bar whatever I wind up finally at home, and I tell you, I kind of knew it was coming. I just chunk it up. <laughs> I just, I just puked. I was so upset about puking the food up because it was good, but it was definitely one of those like rally moments where it's like, okay, I feel better now. I'm fine, and I didn't like puke the night away or anything like that. It was just like one good, bleh. but man, still had a good time. All that considered. Uh, then today I was going to get a McDonald's breakfast, but they were too busy. And I've just, I've not, I, I have no patience, but I'm going to, if the line's too long these days, I'm like, this is not worth it. So I wound up, you know, going over to the local UDF, which is United Dairy Farmers, I guess, for people who are not Ohio locals, Ohio, Cincinnati locals, I guess it's maybe not even in the ring. I don't know, but whatever. I got a milkshake and a blueberry muffin. Which is an odd breakfast, I definitely know. But, I mean, you guys know I eat odd things at odd times. So, it's not too crazy, not too wild for me. Um, But I think that about catches you up. All the fun stuff, all the cute stuff. 
Um, we can do some news that happened throughout this week. Um, actually, there's an update. I like got kind of like a breaking news happened today. Got this from the Insider. A man died after he collided with a U.S. Capitol barricade and fiery crash and started shooting into the air. Police. So there's not too many details in terms of like, you know, who the man is, what was his motivations, but essentially also um, Congress is not in session right now. They're in recess. But I think in the early morning of Sunday today, he drove his car and like barricades were like raised, but I think he like was able to try to like ramp through them. But he crashed his car into said barricade, actually. He doesn't, like, actually, I guess, get through it. But then he hops out, and he starts shooting into the air. Cops are coming to engage him. And as that's happening, he just shoots himself in the head. So that's real intense stuff. Uh, One of those things that kind of caught my attention while I was, you know, running errands and stuff today. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, we'll talk about that real quick. If I hear any more, you know, we'll definitely cover it you know give you some updates uh but let's see uh story that developed over i want to say maybe since last week i I think i first started hearing about it but there was finally like something a little bit more concrete too so i was like all right cool we're definitely gonna cover the whole thing then oh gonna okay excuse me Uh, let's see i got this from npr let's see the suspect in the killings of four Muslim men in New Mexico left a trail of violence. So, essentially, they have arrested Muhammad Sayed, who is 51 years old, and they have charged him with the death of two of the four people they suspect him of killing. And I believe the logic here is, you know, we're going to focus on these two first and foremost. And then, you know, as long as those stick, he's going to be behind bars and we can, you know, round about and maybe get him for all four as opposed to trying to like get, you know, all four at once. Sometimes that can kind of make things a little bit more difficult with law and all this kind of stuff. Trying to think if I can find the names here. Um, but he does have a history. Um, he, him and his family had fled from Afghanistan. I believe they moved to Pakistan and he had a job as a like fridge technician and, you know, he was living there for a while and I guess his, uh, daughter's boyfriend was, you know, different type of religion. So they are Sunni Muslims. And the boyfriend was a Shiite Muslim man. And there was a day he pulled him out of the car and, like, beat him up and then just drove away. So, I mean, that was kind of, like, one incident that's, you know, noted in this article. Um, There's also another instance months later where he is allegedly beat his wife and attacked one of his sons with a large slotted spoon and that left his hair blood-soaked, according to court documents. Now, the wife said, no, everything's fine, everything's okay, but the son was like, no, he's been beating us. And, you know, that part's kind of key because you see 
up to like kind of leading up to now, in this case, the daughter and the wife are both like the family itself are more or less saying, hey, you know, we support him. He didn't do this. He's a peaceful man, even though it has been logged that he is, is not. Also, there's been um, he's made statements, I believe. Um, yeah, he's told detectives that he served with the Afghan National Army Special Operations Command. And um, he said he likes the AK-47 style weapon uh, that police had found at his house uh, because he used one in Afghanistan. Now, it is kind of alleged that maybe that's a little bit odd, a little bit fishy, that um, for his age, most likely he doesn't, like, it just doesn't line up. Like, it, it just doesn't line up with the math and then just, it just doesn't seem like, he doesn't seem like that guy, pal, type of energy. Uh, but he's like the, the was they I guess had like some expert analysis from a Lieutenant Colonel Daniel L Davis and he served two years or two tours I'm sorry in Afghanistan and he said special forces guys are usually 22 25 years old maybe 30 because it's just so physically demanding and that just didn't really line up with his age and the time that he would have been enlisted into this army so this is a little bit sussy but also showing once again more just kind of signs of violence uh really let's see if i can find the names so saeed is a primary suspect but hasn't been charged in the death of hussein a 25 year old man from pakistan who was fatally shot on august 5th in a parking lot of a refugee resettlement agency in southwest southwest albuquerque and the slaying of muhammad zaire al-mahdi 62 years old an afghan immigrant who was fatally shot in the head last November behind the market he owned in the city. So, let's see. The ones he is charged with, the deaths of Aftab Hussein and Muhammad Asal Hussein. Let's see. Hussein was slain on the night of July 26th after parking his car in the usual spot of his home. Asal Hussein, a 27-year-old urban planner who had worked on the campaign of New Mexico Congresswoman of a new New Mexico Congresswoman was gunned down on the night of August 1st while taking his evening walk. So like I said, it's more or less split up between those four. And, you know, the police at the beginning of this week, I want to say, or maybe end of last week, they came out and said, Hey, you know, we're looking for, you know, any kind of leads we want to you know, advise, you know, shelter, you know, just be careful, be aware. Um, it seems like this person is targeting, you know, the Muslim community. community. And it might be like a serial killer kind of thing. So it was very interesting to see where this is going to lead, where it's going to develop. And it definitely seems like it still is. Um, like I said, the family is, you know, more or less seemingly, you know, standing by there, you know, by Muhammad Saeed, but definitely does seem to, from like, I don't know what I'm speculating that, you know, it doesn't seem like this guy was really trying to do the right thing, stay on the, you know, law-abiding side of the law. Also, I think it was a they had caught him trying to leave Albuquerque and he had said, "Oh, well, I'm leaving because of all this, these killings and stuff going on. I'm really scared and worried for my family and stuff like that." So, you know, definitely a little suspect, definitely a little sussy, but I want to cover that, talk about that. Um, let's see. I wanted to also cover a big um, 
you know, thing that's been kind of going on in Palestine. Pal- yeah. <laughs> I got the water bottles today. But I got this from the Associated Press. Uh, ceasefire between Palestinians, Israel takes effect in Gaza. Now, I really just kind of wanted to bring this up to kind of get like a toehold in the conversation, really mention it. I, it has been more or less around a year since the last big war conflict took place between Hamas and Israel. In this situation, it seems to be between a different, um, kind of like more active, like fighting-wise sect, uh, the Second Islamic Jihad. Now, they have been, I guess, upping up their attacks, aggression, uh, you know, at least according to Israel. And, I'm, you know, once again, I'm not, like, doing play-by-plays of this region. I, you know, I wish I had the time, but, you know, I'm just kind of getting what I can from articles. But, essentially, Israel has kind of retaliated. They wound up killing um, their commander, Khalid Mansour, in an airstrike on an apartment building in the Rafah refugee camp in southern Gaza. And this was late Saturday. And not this Saturday, but like the previous one. Um, Also, the truce that was settled was brokered by Egypt, um, who has also, you know, been on the side of Israel in terms of like saying like, hey, we're going to be like doing some sanctions and blocks. You know, you guys can't be doing all this and this is more or less you know against Hamas but any kind of militant you know fighting they're going to be against they're going to be anti they're going to consider it terrorist acts they're going to clamp down on it fight back against it but Israel has kind of brokered a peace between the two now I don't know how you know how that's holding so far but I know Israel was you know know, prior to you know definitely trying to clamp down trying to you know, do strikes and all kinds of stuff, you know, very highly active. I believe they're the latest total, which I got from another article from the AP slash Yahoo News. Um, I believe the total was 49 uh, dead uh, Palestinian peoples. And there's a lot of injuries. So let's see. Yeah. 49 dead, including 15 children, four women and 311 were injured. And this is from a uh, Palestinian health minister, or from the the Palestinian health ministry. So, let's see, Israel said some of the dead were killed by misfired rockets on top of that. Honestly, though, I I hate to say it, but it's really hard for me, especially, you know, after everything that happened with Abu Shakle, um, to just kind of believe any kind of reports that come out, whether it's an accident or this or that, you know, it's just really hard, but... It, they were definitely on a clampdown. And now the Second Islamic Jihad, they were trying to fire rockets back in retaliation. Most of those rockets didn't really do well. They were intercepted by the Iron Dome. Some even landed in the Palestinian area and just did damage there. So that's definitely not what you want. Um, now Hamas. Hamas hasn't really been involved in terms of being aggressive. In fact, they've been trying to do what they can to clamp down on that on their on this side of the conversation because you know they're trying to uphold the agreements that were made from last year that I believe there was 1200 permits granted and I think they are trying to get get it to like so that there can be up to like 2000 and these are work permits for people to come into Palestine or come into Israel and work 
and make more money and, you know, have a more sustainable living. And that's very important. It's one of those things because, you know, the situation with Palestine, like, has just become, like, more or less a client state to Israel, even though, you know, Palestine was just there first. Um, they're in the situation where it's like you have to kind of barter for scraps and do what you can. And that's why you make these fights and these pushes to kind of get these concessions. Now, the you know, second Islamic jihad, they want more, they want to do more. And that's why they are doing what they're doing. Um, but to not good effect, not great effect. Um, at least, you know, it's all from what I'm gathering. So once again, obviously, this isn't the best coverage on the subject. I, I don't think any of my my few fellow listeners uh, come here for exactly that. But I do like to just kind of talk about it, you know, put it out there. And, you know, it's also hopefully an opportunity for me to learn. And, you know, if you guys have any input or things to say, I'd always love to hear it. I always get a, you know, a good kick out of that in terms of just it's nice to sit down and, and see other people's perspectives and see what they've learned and what they have to say. And, you know, hopefully I can get a good takeaway from that or add to the conversation. Who knows? Um, let's see. We can move on. Got some more from the old Yahoo News. Yahoo. Let's see. Actually, this is straight up from the Yahoo News. Oh, no. Also, I believe this is from USA Today, too. At least uh, where I could. You can find the video of the elevator incident, which we'll maybe cover really quickly. But let's see. OnlyFans model, Courtney Clinney arrested on murder charge four months after boyfriend's death so let's see courtney clinney who i believe goes by courtney taylor on social media she is being charged with second degree murder with a deadly weapon and that's according to hawaii police department essentially her boyfriend was who is christian toby Abumsili. Um, he, I believe, does like cryptocurrencies, stuff like that. But they've had a history of like domestic disputes, things of that nature. Um, in the video that they show, um, it's them in their Miami apartment. Also, the two of them, I guess, I believe, started their relationship in Texas and then moved to Miami, Florida. So, but. In this elevator incident, you can see Clinny, who is clearly, you know, flustered, upset, and she's just more or less wailing on um, Omseli and just hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. She's trying to pull his hair. She's like just trying to, you know, rile him up. I don't know, get him to do something or just beat him no matter what. I don't know what the reasons are. You, There's no audio, I believe, from it. But you see him just kind of have his arm up more or less trying to defend himself you know i think there is a part of it where he like doesn't like violently push her back but just like pushes her away from him and then at some point it's enough that he can get out of the elevator and leave um so there's that incident but essentially from the other side um courtney is saying like hey this is an act of self-defense the night that it happened essentially we got, I guess there was some kind of altercation and he goes to choke her and she, you know, from what the lawyer says, meets force with force and has a knife and stabs him in the chest with it. Now, after that, she goes to a rehabilitation center for a few days. 
but then she is later spotted a few days later, you know, the grand total five days, um, at a hotel bar, you know, getting drinks. I imagine having a good time. So all of this is definitely looking a little suspect, not, not too great for her, but, you know, she's been charged with this. Naturally, you know, people, you know, the family are glad that, you know, the wheels of justice are finally turning. But, you know, the question is like, well, what if this was just a black couple, like just two black people? Would this have just gone smoothly? Would the wheels of justice turn normally quickly? Or, you know, you know, (laughs) or is this a privileged thing? You know what I mean? Because of the situation, like, would you have actually, if this is a black woman actually took the same amount of time to really, I guess, what, do your diligence or let her do what? Like, I, I don't know. So it's definitely a bit of an odd case. Um, I was hesitant whether or not I wanted to even cover it, talk about it, but something like kind of kicked it forward for me. I was um, in a Discord, and I've actually wound up leaving this Discord because it's just, I get sick of hearing some of the shit from some people and some of these fucking things. But someone wound up mentioning this case, and they're like, oh, wow, looks like someone's finally doing something about these, like, sex workers or something like that. Like, more or less inferring that, like, yeah, it's crazy that they're finally getting around to doing something about a hot woman who actually, like, is trying to get away with murder. And I was just like, bro, what are you doing? Like, it's just, I hate incels is more or less a long short of this tangent. I get very frustrated being in communities of people. And mind you, this is supposedly supposed to be a group of people who just play Magic the Gathering, just doing nerd shit. But, you know, next thing you know, they're moving like Marjorie Taylor Greene in this bitch. I don't know. I just find it annoying. And I said, you know what? I'm going to cover this for my podcast just to kind of put it out there. Um, Because I don't think that that's what this is about. I do think this is about a murder. And, you know, someone, you know, either in a, either you can say self-defense, whether it is, you know, a moment of passion, revenge, rage, whatever. I don't know. You know, but hopefully we can get to the bottom of it either way. Um, I hate the weird kind of just fucking shitty ass like extra narrative people try to put on shit because they once again cannot get laid and don't know how to talk to women. But um, speaking of women, I want to talk about an amazing woman and give some flowers. But I want to take my little smart break first. Whoa, yeah. Okay. Ooh. All right. Now, the main article is from Vogue. Now, essentially, it is from Serena Williams. Like, she's talking about her retirement and, you know, really, like, you know, just giving out her thoughts and, like, you know, extrapolating on it all. Um, But I got a condensed version of it from CNBC. But essentially, um, she's planning on retiring right after the U.S. Open, which is going to run from late August into September. So it's crazy. Uh, I guess the title I can use here, uh, Serena Williams announces her retirement from tennis. Um. I know for me, Venus and Serena Williams were just titans of the game growing up. I remember loving seeing representation of black people in tennis, a black woman in tennis. 
you know, from me seeing it was like that, it was seeing Tiger Woods, it was a big deal. So them making the transition into what they're going to do now off the court is going to be very, very interesting. Um, I do like her quote. She said, I've never liked the word retirement. Maybe the best word to describe what I'm up to is evolution. Um, and there's an interview that I believe Vogue does, I believe. And um, she kind of equates it to seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And they laugh. And they're like, ah, everyone's laughing. And she's more or less like, at some point towards the end of the laughter, she goes, I know you guys think I'm joking, but I am serious. Like, that that's kind of what it feels like. This is what it means. Like, I, I but I don't plan on, you know, calling it quits, more or less. And... It is cool to see her. I know I butchered that quote. I wish I had it like actually like front and center. But overall, she's just amazing, moving from strength to strength. Um, it is cool to see that Nike is going to continue to back her. You know, have like you know ad campaigns stuff like that with her. I imagine some of her other big brand sponsors and stuff are going to stick with her too. So um, there's also another quote. Uh, there are people who say I'm not the goat because I didn't pass Margaret Court's record. Oh, excuse me. Oh, boy. A record um, of 24 Grand Slam titles, which she achieved before the Open Era that began in 1968. Now, the Open Era more or less was, like, at that time, only, I believe, white women could compete against other white women. It was very, just more narrow. And now, all people of color can play and compete, which obviously opens up the sport completely. So... To say this person who is like kind of like has this is an asterisk more or less by her. So more or less, in my mind, you know, Serena is the best out. She is the GOAT. Like people are just kind of just trying to hold out just to be, you know, critics or assholes in my opinion. But, you know, um, she continues, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want that record. But, you know, as she kind of goes into in in the article from Vogue, she really expresses that it's like I have a family. Like, you know, my... You know, my daughter would like to have, you know, another sister, you know, a brother, whatever. And, you know, I would I want to continue my family. And I know that the timing is just very sensitive. And she also goes in to say that, it, you know, especially for her, who she is as a woman, as a black woman, like there are certain just standards set and met that it's like she knows that trying to juggle it all just wouldn't even look good. And like that wouldn't feel good either. And it's just one of those things where she's like, I want to actually take the time to move into that phase of my life. So I get that. Totally understand that. Um, also for me, I think it's just cool sports news and some good news to find. You know, it's nice to see someone really see their career, you know, from A to B to C, you know, yada, 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 all the way to Z. So, um, you know, like I said, strength to strength. I, I look forward to seeing more of whatever Serena Williams does. And, uh, you know, I wish her the best on the court for her remaining matches. And hopefully she does make it happen. That'd be that'd be a sweet, sweet, sweet run. <laughs> um, but that's about the end of it. We're here. We've made it. Looks like we made it. Uh, thank you for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed talking to you. Hopefully you have an amazing week. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. And I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.